The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome to News Talk 1130 WISN. The Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group is on the air. Hosted by Chauncey Wisensell and Marie McFarland, both in studio. Welcome back. Fantastic to be here. Good morning, Marie. Good morning to you. Chauncey, it's fantastic to be with both of you. And sometimes just one of you hosts the show or Jeff or Aaron. So I'm blessed to have both. It is fun. Yeah. Be prepared. It's great. Get ready. Yes. <laughs> Get ready for a show. Actually, one of the things we're talking about, we're going to start right out of the gates, talking about, and this blog is up on the website, thekowalway.com. Uh, one of the topics, Chauncey, you wanted to talk about four key components of retirement income planning. Yeah. And Be, we're going to start there. Yes. That sounds like a fantastic place to start. Um so a few things that questions that clients are asking themselves when they're getting closer to retirement, you know, whether you're a few years out or whether you maybe think you're just a few months out, um, a lot of the questions people are asking themselves is, you know, when can I retire? If you know you're getting close to that age, you say, "Oh, I'd love to retire tomorrow, but is that feasible?" Or, or if you're a few decades out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, 20 something should be thinking about a plan at least. Yeah, it's never too early to start planning, adding money to your 401k, you know, your your Roth IRA or any any type of investment account. And, I mean, the power of, you know, the time value of money um, is very powerful. You know, the long the earlier you start, the better shape you're going to be in um, as you get closer to retirement. So it's never too early to start planning for retirement, but uh, really kind of focus on the four key things that people who are you know, really getting close to retirement, want to want to discuss and questions they're asking us, and a lot of times questions they have when they come to us uh, to help them with their retirement planning. Um, so, when can I retire? You know, how much how much do I need to save? Do I have enough saved? Um, and a lot of times, you know, you end up looking at your expenses for that. But that's something we'll get a little bit further into here. Um, and then, where do I take money from? You know, people have Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs. Uh, maybe you've you know, saved outside of retirement plans in some type of, you know, joint account or taxable account, whatever it may be. Um, so where where do you really start looking to take um, that money from, you know, once you're getting to that stage where, all right, I've built up this wealth. Now, how do I really turn it into income and create, you know, some sort of monthly income for myself to supplement my social security? And maybe if you're one of the lucky few that still have a pension, how do you supplement uh, that income? So there's some key dates that you should take into consideration when you're looking at this. And maybe not dates, but ages, you know, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 59 and a half is when you can start taking penalty free from your IRAs. Um, you know, if maybe if you have some sort of taxable account, you know, a trust account or a joint account, you can start drawing from that before 59 and a half without any tax consequences. Um, but for a lot of people, when you're looking at retirement planning, 59 and a half, um, People who have large amounts in their IRAs is is a good age to start looking there. Does that include four hundred one k plans as well, Chauncey? Yes, normally um, fifty nine and a half is when you can start taking out, or when you can roll over a lot of times, or do an in service distribution from your retirement plans. But just um, because you can doesn't mean you always should. Exactly right. Um, so just because you can't take it out fifty nine and a half, if you don't have enough saved, mm-hmm. you're kind of digging yourself into a hole there. Yeah, it defeats the whole purpose. Yes, 
totally. And, you know, just because you've got a little bit of money in there doesn't mean you maybe have enough to live on and draw on throughout your retirement and something that you can make last throughout your whole retirement, uh, which is something we'll talk about a little bit more um, coming up here in a minute. But 59 and a half is kind of a, the, the first big milestone you hit as far as age when you can start taking that out. Uh, the next one comes when you hit 62, and that's when you can start taking Social Security. Um you know, that's the earliest you can start, but is that necessarily when you really want to start taking Social Security benefits? Um, you receive up to 25% less than you would uh, if you wait until your full retirement age normally. Um, you know, for most people, that's between 66 and 67. Um, there's like the 66 and eight month people, depending on what year you were born. Um, the longer you wait, the more Social Security you'll end up getting monthly, right? Yes. So if I don't start right at, what's the age, 62? 62. Yeah. I can wait till I'm 65? Yeah, you can wait all the way up until age 70 is when they start mm-hmm. making you actually take it. And I believe it goes up by 8% a year. Yeah, 8% a year after you hit full retirement age. Well, that's quite a bit of money. It is. 8% a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can wait, yeah, and I'm some- thinking your advice is do it, right? Yeah. I mean, some people, it may make sense if maybe you're not in great health and you're, eh, you know, I don't know what kind of my longevity looks like. Maybe you just grab it at 62 and get it while you can. Well, some people need it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, living expenses, right? They need that Social Security money. But if you don't, it makes sense to wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And maybe you get to a situation where if you're married, maybe one spouse takes it earlier, one spouse lets theirs grow Um, And everybody's situation is different. And that's what we're always working with clients on. You know, your overall retirement plan is Social Security is a big part of it, right? For a lot of people, it's the only guaranteed source of income that they're going to have once they retire. Um, So that's a big part of it. Uh, The next milestone age is 65. And that's when you can obviously enroll in Medicare. Um, And with Medicare, you know, that can really be a big part of it. Once you start looking at health care premiums, if your income is higher and you're no longer working, health insurance can become pretty expensive and become a a really big drag on a plan if you retire at 60 and now you need to figure out health insurance for yourself and your spouse for five more years until you both hit Medicare. Medical expenses can really destroy one's general financial plan, right? Yeah. And as can the, I mean, if you end up paying, you know, $1,000 a month for just health insurance premiums, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big expense you need to take into account, you know, once when you're retiring. Another reason why a job with good benefits, if you get a yes. 401k, if you get matching and you get health, mm-hmm. dental, vision, yeah. that, that's a bonus. Yes, it's, it, that certainly helps. And if you some places will let you carry it for a little while after you mm-hmm. retire. Um, you know, that's the case most of the times. But um, after that's that runs out, then you need to kind of shop it out, use Obamacare and all that mm-hmm. stuff that can be a mess to sort through and and can end up being pretty expensive, especially if you don't get any subsidies and have a higher income. Yeah, I think we've seen like 1200 to 1500 a month for medical expenses. That's for one individual, Marie. Yeah. And if you're not accustomed to paying that, that's, holy cow, what a that's shock. That's a lot of money, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and if you look at that, especially over, you know, just a couple of years, I mean, that's initially... $30,000 or something yeah. in that range. Yeah. yeah. And that's not including out of pocket, right? So it's, yeah. it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So how- just be aware of this. If you're going to retire, yeah. leave your job at 59, 60, 61. Mm-hmm. You got to get yourself private health care. Yes, yep. for sure. That definitely helps. Um, the next one, uh, age is 70, and that's just the latest you can take Social Security, which I already mentioned. Um, and then the last big milestone is 73. 
Um, that is when your RMDs start. Um, and if you don't turn 73, I believe it's in 2033, you get all the way out to 75 um, for RMDs at that point. So there's a little bit of a um, couple different ages there, depending on when you were born. Um, but right now it's 73. So you guys use these acronyms every day. RMD stands for? Required minimum distribution. So that's the set percentage you're going to have to take out of your retirements, your traditional retirement accounts, not your Roth accounts, um, each year. I think it starts around 36 3.7% of the account. Um, and then it goes up year over year after that, that they make you take out larger chunks of your IRAs. So, Marie, in your industry, these dates are huge, right? Ages, I should say, the four, 59 and a half, 62, 65, and then 70. Yes, big and, deals. And you plan around... That age. Correct. Right? And, yep. of course, how much money you have. There's so many factors. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody's case by case. Yes. And it doesn't mean you need, kind of like what Chauncey mentioned before, you don't need to wait until these days to start working with us. It's something you should be doing, hopefully, years in advance so that we can start preparing it for. So I think the health um, premium example is a situation where is if we started planning for that 10 years prior to, we could have started saving mm. for those premiums and really set you up to, you wouldn't have to rely on your retirement accounts to pay for those premiums. So sooner than later. These key components of retirement income planning are on a blog, or I should say on your website, yes. in the form of a blog. That website, thekowalway.com. We should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show. That's that's on me. I'll take that. But the locations, Waukesha, right, World Headquarters, up in Ozaukee County in Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, and the newest location in Heartland. We should also congratulate both Aaron and Jeff Kowal, the president and the founder of the Kowal Investment Group, named to the Forbes Best In-State Wealth Advisors now for the second year in the row. So congrats to Jeff and Aaron. More importantly, congrats to you two for being here with me today on the show. Hey, we're, I appreciate that. We're the real winners. That's yeah. right. You're here doing the radio show, working hard. Marie McFarland and Chauncey Weisensell, who, by the way, you hear Monday through Friday, with the Daily Market Report, something I usually mention as well on the show. Monday through Friday during the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m. news, 5 p.m. news block, the Daily Market Reports. Your thoughts on all of this, Marie, what we've talked about? Yeah, I think, um, as I would mention before, Chauncey's right with all of these uh, milestones that you'll hit along retirement. There are many more. So you have another acronym, QCD, Qualified Charitable Distributions. Yes. So there's lots, 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 lots more in addition to this. But I think, um, as he had mentioned, making sure you start the planning process prior to this is most advantageous yes. for you and your retirement plan. Yep. Yeah, and kind of the so then the second key point that I was uh, looking at when it comes to retirement income planning is I'll kind of throw this one over to Marie. She's uh, conveniently prepared to talk about this one for us. Um, but it's kind of how long do you anticipate your retirement lasting? And obviously, as we know, people are living longer. And um, I think Marie had some good thoughts on that. Yeah, this is one of my favorite conversations to have with people because it's so funny that men always think they're not going to live very long and women always think they're going to live a long time. I hear it so, all the time. The guy always goes first, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so this topic is life expectancy and retirement planning. So as Chauncey mentioned, this is one of the key components of your retirement planning. Um, I found this article on Barron's. It's figuring out your life expectancy is tough and how not to run out of money by Neil Templin. Now, it's one of the hardest things to prepare for because unless you have a crystal ball, no one really knows 
who's going to pass and when they're going to pass. Um, and it's not the easiest conversation to have, right? Mm-mm. It's a little uncomfortable thinking yeah. about that. Um, and as I but, mentioned, but very necessary, right? Very necessary. Yes. And so I can give you a couple examples. So consider a husband and wife, they're both 63 and they're planning to retire at 65. They've saved enough for a 25 year retirement. So according to the Social Security Administration's actuarial life table, the they the man can expect to live another 18 years and the woman another 21 years. So they have plenty of money, 25 years. 25 said, right? years, correct. Um, and that's so assuming the Social Security Administration's actuary tables. And it sounds like, right, if we take the numbers, 25 years, but the woman lasting 21 years, it sounds like, hey, they're good to go. They're golden. But what are the odds that one of them will live the 25 years? The odds are more than 60% of the time. And this hypothetical is that both are, are now at 63, you're saying? Correct. Both so couples that, that, have made it to 63. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not that quick at math, but I did a quick little mathematical. That's 88 years old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty old. That's a good life. That is a great yeah. life. I'll take that life. Yeah. Um but if you look at the American Academy of Actuaries and Society of Actuaries, they use a different calculator. And so this calculator includes health questions. Um, so it takes the same data as the Social Security Administration's, um, but includes, okay, are you healthy? Are you not healthy? Average health, right? So, it, And then smoking. Smoking is mm. a big, yeah, it's a big factor. One. So um, when you take that in consideration, it's saying the odds of the husband and wife that retire at 65, they have a more than 60% chance of them living more than the 25 years. So then when you flip that, they didn't save enough for retirement. Yeah. That's powerful, right? Because I Very. know at age 88 or 89, you're still going to need money. And so if you no longer have any money outside of your Social Security, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we look at averages of kind of a foolproof way of doing this is you need to look beyond the averages, right? Because outliers do exist. And so planning beyond the averages is powerful, but then also coming back into understanding, okay, it is a risk if I live beyond the 25 years. It's a risk if I live till 90. It's a risk if I live to a hundred good risks, but they are Mm -hmm. risks from a financial standpoint. Um, so one thing we like to do with our clients is plan for, I don't want to say the, I say it's the worst best case scenario. It's <laughs> a good way to think about <laughs> like it. Like to, to age 100, it's the mm-hmm. worst best case scenario. Um, and worst then, case meaning, boy, that's a lot of money you're going to need. Yes. Best meaning, wow, you lived a nice life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially when I have um, younger retirees, right? Retiring 55, 56, 100 is a big deal. You almost yeah. live longer not working than you lived working. Yeah. In fact, you did. Assuming you started in 18 or 19. I also think, Marie, if you look up, I'm, I'm not positive, but I'm, I always hear this. I've got doctors in the family. Babies born today, a baby born in 2023 could live to be close to 100. It's, it's not going to be unusual to see people living longer as we get advancements in medicine yeah. and other technologies. Yeah, there's one stat I'll go through in a little bit that. Or maybe shows AI wipes 100. us out before all of that. <laughs> Getting back to it. <laughs> that AI stuff creeps me out. It I'm does sorry. creep me out. Too. It does. Yeah. We were just talking about that in a meeting today with a client where um, how it's like tracking when you track for travel. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you looked up one flight 
you know, that day and then the next morning it's automatically $200 higher than what you saw the day before. And you're because like, how did it know? It, yeah. It knows. It does know. <laughs> uh, so here's another uh, calculator. So a 65-year-old man who is in excellent health, who doesn't smoke, has a 95% chance to live to age 70. They have a 79% chance to live until age 80 and a 43% chance to live till 90. So 43%, that's still a significant percentage mm-hmm. to me. Um, you know, I'm going to put the odds in my favor and say probably live till 90. Mm-hmm. Um, they have eight chance to live to 100. So when it goes past 90, it definitely decreases for men. But that's a pretty big amount of time that you have to plan for. Um, for married couples, it gets a little more complex. So that was a single guy. If you have a 65 year old man who's married to a 65 year old non-smoking woman, so both are in good health, there's a 10% chance that one of them will live to age 103. Oh, wow. Again. So I can repeat that. So if you have a healthy 65 year old man married to a healthy 65 year old woman, both non-smokers, uh, there's a 10% chance that one of them will live to 103. That's crazy. I wonder if there's any stat that says married people live longer. There is. <laughs> is there? Yeah, there is a stat. So most people who are married and grow older together tend to live longer That's than if you were single. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get that. Yeah, because you have the companionship, right? Yep. Your mind's got to stay sharp. Maybe one looks after the other. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, reminder, you got to go to the doctor, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I would say like opposites attract. So, you know, the strengths of one person aren't necessarily always the strengths of the other person. And so you kind of bring those two to the table. Yeah. So there is a stat. I was sort of joking. Yeah. No, it is true. I've heard that one. Yeah. The longer you live as a married couple, the longer you'll most likely live moving forward. Pretty cool. Also, it's common for... Um, So if one spouse dies, so this is another kind of planning piece that we have to help our clients with. If one spouse dies, it's common that the other spouse, so the surviving spouse, will live for another 10 to 15 years. Um, Most people, when I say, okay, well, now we need to plan, like if something were to happen to you tomorrow, would this person, you know, your significant other be okay? And they're like, well, yeah, they have the same amount of money and there's only one person. The expenses go down. And I'm like, oh, what expenses go down? Half. Groceries? No. Well, what expenses go down? Your property taxes are the same. Yeah. Your energy's the same. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Groceries everything. Are, are probably half of what they yeah. were. Yeah. Groceries are half, but everything else stays the same. Mm, In fact, is... it might go up because and this is interesting because you said it's an almost awkward, uncomfortable conversation yeah. to have talking about death. Yeah. But what are the odds? And it happens that both die the same day, a car crash or something like that. Yeah. Usually, one surviving spouse. Well, now they're on their own. Yep. Now they're on their own, and from a um, financial standpoint, typically expenses won't go down too much, right? Because you maybe travel, like your discretionary might go down, mm-hmm. but overall, your fixed expenses are going to tend to stay the same if you if you stay in the same place. Um, and in fact, I would say sometimes the expenses are going to go up. Maybe you're the person that doesn't mow the lawn, and now you need to hire That's somebody true. to mow the lawn, right? So those things that the other person did, you might now have to hire out. And the one thing... Um, that people forget is when a, a, a spouse passes, you lose one of those social security checks. So that's a big portion of your income. Um, or I should say, maybe it's not a big portion of your income, but it's still a portion of your income. Yeah, it just depends on your own retirement plan. Yes. If, if you rely on social security, you've been getting two payments every month. All of a sudden you're down to one. And you get the bigger one, but still you're down to one. And then the 
big whammy is you go from the married filing jointly tax bracket, which is favorable right now, to the single filing tax bracket. It's a heck of a lot different. So yeah. from a tax perspective, it's different too. And a lot of just emotional, that's a very emotional stage of your life. You could be married for 40, 50 years. Yeah. All of a sudden you're single. Mm-hmm. Wow. Things change. And how often do we stress? I know Jeff from the day day one of this show said, you know, get the other, your significant other involved in the plan. Not necessarily. And would you agree with this? Both of you can chime in. Be at the meetings. Understand how much we have. Know the passwords to the accounts. Yeah, I would say it's important. Um, I have some people that both come and then I have some people that, okay, one person comes and maybe one comes every other year. But I would say as long as we have a relationship and you can rely on us. So if anything happened to the person who was normally there, at least the other person, so Mm. the surviving spouse knows where to go and will direct them, right? Through the whole process. That's a good point. You're working with the Coal Investment Group. Listen, we're aware of your plan. Yep. And I'm sure you guys have meetings right away after that. And oh, after yeah. the grieving is done, right? Yep, and walk through what that situation would look like yeah. moving forward. Um, but I would say most of the time, I know Chauncey and I talked about this before, but we we plan for these situations. So most plans will have clients go till age 100. Um, again, kind of a best worst case scenario. And we also plan though, what if something were to happen to the other the significant other right so each person saying okay what if something happened to you tomorrow how does the planning look for one person moving Mm -hmm. forward because that's the most impactful if you retired and then somebody passed immediately that's a significant difference than if you both live till age 100 yeah that's a talk about another change a culture shock kind of or just the way you live your life your daily routines you retire and boom the next day there you are Yep. What, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff has talked about be a Walmart creator. Just stay busy. <laughs> Volunteer, right? Golf, yeah. something. Yeah. Find a hobby. Yeah. So. Well, um, kind of to, on a tangent, but when Chauncey was going through those milestone dates, it's kind of funny. All the clients I've met with that recently, okay, we've been planning for their retirement for the last few years and you know, they were expecting to retire this year. And now they're like, hey, I think I'm going to work one more year yep. because I know at any point I can walk in and say I'm done. And so it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. suck as much. <laughs> That's a good position to be in. It's a great position. To it's be also in. a good. You said, what if you live 200 and you plan to have enough money to 100? That's a good problem to have, too. Yeah, right. It is. And you can leave it to your heirs if you do have children. Go out with a big party at the. 99th birthday yeah. <laughs> if you're able to i think if i am able to 99 i'm definitely like yeah. taking out a yacht oh i'll invite yeah. all of you thank <laughs> you marie you're welcome. let's see i'm a little bit older than you though so that <laughs> that puts me at like 120 yeah. <laughs> wow you'll still be here uh, oh thank you um so then i found some other factors so like i mentioned before smoking does play a big role in longevity according to the actuaries so a female smoker at age 70 with average health has a 50 percent chance of living 12 more years um, versus a non-smoker with poor health has a 50 percent chance of living 16 more years so smoking does play a big factor in longevity it also affects your premiums for health insurance oh yeah it does when we take our annual wellness exam i i do a benefits through iheart the radio station here Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that's a big deal oh yeah i mean if you're a couple hundred oh it's a lot and let's say i were to retire before 65 as you said chauncey that's the magical uh medicare medicare yep well 
then I have to get private health care insurance. And if I'm smoking, I'm sure I have to take an exam with a nurse and blood and all of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more expensive. That, yeah, that could be a part of your planning. Like quit smoking six years before you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. one client, that's part of his. Yeah, that's um, huge. Like it's one of his goals. Like we set like three year goals for people a lot of times, and that's one of his. Just to not be smoking anymore. That's and huge. It, it is, and it, it's very healthy to do that. My daughter, when she was like seven or eight, guilted my father to stop smoking by drawing a picture of brown lungs. Think of Oh, really? <laughs> and she gave it to him. She called him Baba. That was, his, right? A very young girl. It worked. Aww. He felt he smoked since he was in the army. At age 18, he said, they gave you, you know, you get your thing in line, you get your haircut. They gave you cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It was normal yeah. back then. Well, I can't remember what movie I was watching, but there was a movie I watched, was watching this uh, weekend, and it was in an office, and they were all smoking in the office. Mad Men? I don't think it was Mad Men. <laughs> that, I'm trying is... to think of... Oh, it'll come to me. But anyways, it was like, could you imagine going into the office no. and everybody's just, just smoking? And people in their 20s can't even fathom that. Yeah, I can't. When I started in radio, there were those little ashtrays that looked like beanbags. Those, they were all over the station. Oh, <laughs> it just smelled. The microphone smelled. Uh, remember when you would go to a restaurant in the smoking and non-smoking yes. section, yes. but they were literally like right yeah. next to each other? Yeah, that really like, works. Which side do you want to sit on? <laughs> the smoke magically just stops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a good thing that um, that we don't smoke in bar. I mean, it's you come home from a bar or a restaurant, you don't smell like smoke anymore. Yeah. So. Well, I do remember when that shifted. I was in high school. I was working at a bowling alley. It was a pretty big shift, so it was nice not smelling like that after. And the smokers weren't happy. But, yeah. you know, go outside and do your thing yep. or whatever. So then... Talking about longevity, um, how can you prepare? So as Chauncey mentioned, delaying Social Security is definitely one option. So assuming if you claim at 70 versus 62, you'd have a 76% increase in your monthly income. So it's a pretty big deal. Um, Again, it's not the end-all be-all. And so truly, it's going to be, you know, a really big decision based on what your needs are and what you see for your future. Um, you could also approach um, your planning with a withdrawal rate. So you could adjust that based on what the market's doing or what your portfolio is doing. Mm-hmm. So it could start out at like 3% and go up to 5 if the market has a great year and then go back down if we have a similar year to last year. So a withdrawal rate's also a great option. Um, but I think when we think about it, at least planning till age 90 is important. 90 um, at the minimum, you're thinking? 90 yes. at the minimum. Um, like I tell every client, I do 100 and then we back down, right? Yeah. We yeah. see, okay, what does it look like till 90? What does it look like at 85? Um, and go through all of that. Another planning option is to keep your Roth IRAs. So a lot of times clients like to leave their Roth IRAs for their beneficiaries because they'll inherit them tax-free. And so keeping those Roth IRAs essentially as an emergency fund, right? So we mm-hmm. go through all of our other assets. We do live till age 100. So maybe we plan we need 10 more years. We can tap into those mm-hmm. Roth IRAs. So utilizing the Roth IRAs is kind of a last bucket we touch. Um, and planning is an important part too that you could solve the longevity issue. All in all, we need to make sure we're planning for longevity. So um, work with us. We'll walk through what, what all of those situations could look like for you. Um, and despite your age, Marie, right? Yeah. Don't get discouraged if you're, oh, you're listening to the show. I'm 53 and I think I'm behind my average American or where I should be. That's okay. A-okay. In fact, do it now because then we can make adjustments and we have time to make mm-hmm. those adjustments. Like you yeah. mentioned, Chauncey mentioned the compounding. That's huge. That's 10 years that you could compound. So it's really important to take the conversation 
um, start your planning, talk through longevity, Mm -hmm. and get a plan put together. If you're anywhere near, if your grandparents and you've got kids that are on 21, 22, they're out of college or whatever, maybe they're not in college, but they get their first job, they have a 401k plan that's offered. Take it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Take it. And if not, call the Cowal Investment Group. Yeah. Take the Roth option too. Take the the Roth four hundred one k. Put the Roth mm-hmm. money in. Yes, that's where you you are taxed immediately. Yes, but their tax bracket's low and probably low. That's that that is probably good advice. Be, yeah, yeah. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. I also one thing I t- we got a break here, but Marie, one thing I took out of that segment is the worst best case scenario. <laughs> that's a good line. Thank you. Or is it best worst? No, it's worst best best worst worst best case. Yeah. Because most people are like, oh, I don't want to live to 100. So I say it's the worst, best case. (laughs) I've heard that two friends of mine. I don't want to live that long. And, you know, what if you're healthy? Yeah. Yeah, You feel good. We know a lady that's about 96 years old and still works. Wow. She is the mother of my neighbor. Kay, I'll just not say her last name. Wonderful lady. Active. And says the key is to stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. As much Stay as social, keep your mind sharp. Mm-hmm. Very social. Um, we go to her Fourth of July party every year. Oh, it's outstanding. She hosts it. Wow. I mean, bring a plate, everybody. But you know, yeah. it's an amazing thing. So, it's not a. Don't make an assumption. You're going to be sick if yeah. you live long. There are healthy people in their 80s and 90s. Lots of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got. And there's unhealthy people in their 30s and 40s. Yep. Everybody's different. And you don't want to plan to go back to work at 90. I'm not sure <laughs> what you would want to do, let alone know how to do, maybe. Paul Cronforce back on weekends on WISN yeah. <laughs> at age 92, hosting the retirement clinic. <laughs> uh, no, hosting the show is Chauncey Weisensell and Marie McFarland. Let's take that quick break. Everything we talked about is in a blog on the website, thecowalway.com. If you got questions about your retirement or anything we've talked about in this very in-depth Really good segment, I thought. You guys, uh, well done. Call them at 262-522-4040. Again, questions about your retirement plan? For the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, 262-522-4040. The boss segment, business owners, savings, and security with Aaron Kowal is up right after the break. And then we get back to more of the retirement clinic here in WISN. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a small business owner, you know eventually the time will come for you to pass on or sell your business. For many, it probably feels daunting. And while there is no escaping the emotional aspect of saying goodbye to the business you've put so much into, there are elements of your exit that you can't control. One, set your timeline in advance. Don't wait until you're ready to sell or pass on your business to figure out your timeline. Planning well ahead of retirement will give you the opportunity to create a clear timeline with a sense of orderliness and structure. Two, identify the who. I don't necessarily mean you need to know the specific buyer now. It can take actually take several years to find a buyer. What I mean is you should outline the kind of buyer you're looking for. Is it someone who aligns with your business's culture or someone who has similar values? If you're planning to pass on your business, be sure to who you are clear about who your successor is and ensure that your successor is fully invested in taking on the role. Three, outline the how. Consider the options for how to purchase of your business will be financed. Will your buyer have sufficient cash or bank financing? Is an installment sale an option for you? If you're passing your business on, be sure your successor fully understands how the transfer will work. 
There is a lot to consider when preparing your business for sale, but these three steps will give you an active head start. If you need assistance preparing your business for sale, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Back on WISN, the retirement clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists, and your hosts today, Chauncey Weisensell and Marie McFarland. You know the names well. Market updates every day, Monday through Friday, during the Mark Belling Show, thekowalway.com. In fact, this topic, Chauncey, we're going to kind of continue the key components of retirement income planning. We just heard from Aaron Kowal, so you guys work with business owners alike and their retirement plan, but we want to get back on track with this retirement income planning. Yeah, so I hit the first component, uh, just kind of going through some of the key ages, um, good good points to say, all right, when when can I really start thinking about retirement? And Marie talked about longevity in retirement. Um, so the third thing is, what are your expenses going to look like in retirement? And this is almost probably one of the biggest parts to, to consider in retirement. And it really comes down to putting together a solid budget, right? You all the time, I'm sure Marie sees it too. You ask people this question and if it's a husband and wife, they kind of look at each other with a stare and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. are, are you going to golf a lot? <laughs> yeah. Are we going to travel a lot? Yes. Lots of different considerations to take in there. And people don't even really know right now what they're spending, right? If you're just working and the money hits a checking mm-hmm. account and you're spending and you don't really track anything, people really have <laughs> no idea. Um, so that's it's kind of a big key if you're considering retirement or getting close to it. Really sit down, you know, if you charge everything to your credit card, look at your credit card balance every month. Um, or there's a lot of different apps now that will track your spending and things like that for you. Yeah, you said they really may not know what they should, though, right? Yes. We should be aware of what we're spending. Yeah, if you say, oh, I'm going to need $6,000 to retire and we plan for $6,000, then you go into retirement and, well, maybe you were spending $8,000 a month. That's a huge difference, mm-hmm. and that really can... I was just going to clarify, you meant monthly. Monthly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. not annually. <laughs> <laughs> That's not much. It's a lavish retirement. <laughs> Living yeah. in a cardboard box yeah. under the bridge. You would be. Uh, you would be. Um, yes, a month. Um, you know, a $1,000 extra a month, you spread that over a 30-year retirement, mm-hmm. it makes a massive impact on your plan. You know, it might make it look really successful, and if your expenses are way higher it really can change it and make that uh, destroy the, your retirement plan that you've created. So a, a good monthly budget is key. And like you mentioned, you know, traveling and um, all the time we have clients say, you know, I really want to go to Florida for a month or, you know, one, once we retire, we've always had this dream of having a, a house on the lake where can I take a hundred thousand dollars from one of these accounts as a down payment? What kind of a mortgage could we maybe afford or um, any of those things can really factor into expenses. And the other big thing with expenses is inflation, right? It's kind of the hot topic now in the short term, but it's something we've always planned for and we always do plan so for. So you take that into account? Yes, always. So you'll you'll see when we run our cash flow analysis, our retirement plans, you know, what maybe starts at $60,000 a year, for example, right? The next year is $61,000 and then $62,000. And it just goes up and up and up. And I ran one. Uh, I was working with a client this morning. I ran one was 102000 to start. And then by the time we run to age 100, which Marie mentioned, they're looking at $240,000 that that $102,000 has turned into over a 30-year retirement. So your money you need today isn't going to be the money you need even 10 years from now. Yes, that's right. Where is it? How, how will eggs be right? priced? How will gas be priced? <laughs> Gasoline, we might not even be using it. You know, when we retire, yeah. it might all be EVs by then. Who knows? Yes, exactly. Either so. way, they cost money. 
Yeah, and everything prices are always going to keep going up. Companies are always trying to make money, and um, so you know we we plan for inflation um, in our plans to to the tune of about three percent is what we're using. Um, you know, over the last 60, 70 years now, inflation, even with it being high in the short term, is averaged about 3%. Um, and that still has a pretty big impact looking at your plan. Uh, the last thing uh, that I mentioned, you know, one of the last key component of retirement income planning is I would say working with an advisor that focuses on retirement planning. Um, obviously, that's us. We call ourselves the retirement specialists. And we create income plans, planning scenarios for our clients every single day. Mm-hmm. Know, all of us do in, in the financial plans and our cash flow analysis is that we're running. Um, we look at your retirement age, length of retirement, what your expenses are going to be, what's the best time to take Social Security, all these things. And once we put these into this cash flow um, and into your plan, it's very easy to to make changes and adjustments and say, oh, all right, here's one scenario where you're retiring at 63 and here's what it looks like if you work till 65 or maybe you retire early. Um, and so it really gives clients the ability to, once we have that, to work with them and, you know, always update, update these plans because everyone's life is changing all the time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you get some great opportunity to buy um, a, a house on a lake or um, you want to be able to say, hey, my friend called me and they said, do we want do you want to go to Florida with us for a while and take a little trip down there? Well, snowbirds, right? A lot of people do yeah. have a condo somewhere, but they have their main residence in Wisconsin. Exactly. All of that um, costs money. And, and Sean, see a couple other things. You you mentioned cash flow analysis a couple of times. Yes. And that's really just putting a pencil to paper and this is how much you'll have pr- projected if yes. we stay doing what we're doing. Yeah. So that's, that's where we plug in the inflation and estimated rate of return, your age, you want to retire, all these different things. It's really kind of the meat of the retirement plan thing that we do for our clients. And it's something, you know, we regularly update probably at least once a year when we get together, if not more frequently, um, sometimes, especially, you know, if a plan looks really good, but a client wants to see it one more time before they're like, all right, I'm finally going to pull the trigger and retire. Um, you know, we're always updating that and looking at that too. And, um, you know, it's, it's very powerful and it really gives people the confidence to say, okay, you know, either like Marie mentioned now, I'm able to go into work. And if my boss looks at me the wrong way, it's all right, I'm done. <laughs> You could say something else dumb, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you can. Yes. That was a PC version. Right. But, yes. You know, almost like Aaron Rodgers, right? People wonder, why well, he's such a jerk and he's all this stuff. Just because he can. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not saying that's right. I'm just saying he can. Yeah, yeah. you can do whatever. I mean, if you had that kind of money, you, would, you do whatever, do whatever you, you want. You can <laughs> walk. You can say yeah. bye. You can say, you know. And now how you go about it and how you handle yourself is yeah. an entirely different story. But, yeah, that, that ability it takes a lot of anxiety out of the whole yeah. retirement equation. And that's what our, our planning really focuses on is giving our clients the confidence to be able to retire or get to a place where their work is optional for them. And, and if you're working, it's really because you enjoy working and you want to keep working, not because, well, I got to go in the office because it's Monday and I don't mm-hmm. have enough money to retire. Well, yeah. I mean, liking going to your job is a whole different scenario than just hating the grind day to day. If you don't like your job, I always tell people quit. It's easier said than done. I get it. Yeah. But boy, if you have a miserable life, it, it's nice to have that freedom to choose. So those are four key components you went through of retirement income planning. This is up on the website, the Kowal way in the form of a blog. So when we come back, Marie, you're going to handle the wealth management and preservation segment. Yes, I am. And this is titled Miners as IRA Beneficiaries. Ooh, good tease. It's it is a good up. tease. It's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. The Retirement Clinic is on WISN with the Kowal Investment Group. 
back with the Retirement Clinic WISN. Time for the Wealth Management and Preservation segment with Marie McFarland. And now all I remember is you said something about minors. Yes. So minors as IRA beneficiaries. So I know all of my listeners have funded their IRAs to a large extent. So most of them are holding pretty large IRA balances. Um, And so going through and how to name a minor as a beneficiary for your IRA. Now, a child is not legally, so a minor child is not legally able to make financial decisions. So naming a guardian may be needed. Guardians can be named in a parent's will, um, and then some IRA beneficiary designation forms will allow nomination of a guardian. It just depends on the custodian. The court can also appoint a guardian, but it can be a long and expensive process. So you're going to want to make sure if you have minor beneficiaries for your IRA accounts that you follow two processes for naming beneficiaries. And it doesn't have to be a child, right? It can be a niece. I have lots of clients that don't have children, and so they na- they name their great niece, or it could be your grandkids. Um, it can be anybody you choose, right? Anybody you choose, yeah. yep. And so if they're under the um, age of majority, they're a minor. And so when a minor inherits retirement dollars, a guardian's needed because they need to make, be able to make those financial decisions. There is one thing you can do. It's called using a UGMA or UGMA. Um, I know you like your acronyms. Um, <laughs> UGMA is Uniform Gifts to Minors Act. UGMA is Uniform Transfers to Minor Act. Yeah. Those are two different custodial accounts. So you can utilize the custodial accounts and name the custodial accounts UGMA, UGMA, under the IRA beneficiary. Um, it is a good option that you have, but for larger IRA balances, I would say it's not the best option because it's it doesn't give you all of it does you lose control. Mm-hmm. So um, the best option for individuals that have built great wealth in their IRAs is to utilize trusts. So utilizing a trust it can be expensive, but it can be um, useful in that it can be complex and let you have more control of the assets when a minor inherits it. Having a good, solid estate plan. Yes, that's what it comes back to. And mm-hmm. we work with our clients to make sure that their estate planning ties into their investment planning. And this is a perfect example, making sure, okay, do we have minor inheritors of the IRA? Does it align with what their trust dictates or does it align with um, the custodial accounts as beneficiaries? So it's really important to make sure if you have anybody that's a minor child as a beneficiary in your IRA to go through and correct it, right? Make sure it's um, titled correctly from a beneficiary standpoint. And if I've got a trust, I can make changes on those trusts. I know there's irrevocable and revocable. Correct. And I can make those changes along the way. Maybe change the beneficiaries, all that kind of stuff. Yep, the revocable trust. I know that's getting off topic a little bit, but in a state plan, I know in this country, we are very... Not enough people have an estate plan, put yes. it that way. I would say most people I do, we work with haven't done their yeah. estate planning, right. so that's one of the big things we always make sure. Okay, get your estate planning completed. Um, okay, so getting back to it, minors as IRA beneficiaries, you you have a couple options. If you use a trust for a minor, minor child of the IRA, it needs to meet certain requirements, um, but it can be essentially stretched over the child's life until age 21. So that when I'm talking about that is the RMDs. And then when they hit age 21, then they trigger the 10-year rule, which is the new Secure Act. So a little more complex, but it's extremely important to make sure if you have minor children for beneficiaries of your IRA, you have it titled appropriately. The new Secure Act, is that 2.0? Yes. That was and the that's 2. another acronym. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> that one, setting each community. Oh, I don't remember I that no one. I have no idea, honestly. I we're, used to know it. We're going to come back yeah. and tell you what secure stands for. <laughs> I, I, I looked it up so many times, I couldn't tell you right now either. Yeah. All of these acronyms. Uh, the SECURE Act. We'll tell you in a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. That was a good segment. Wealth management, but preserving that wealth is a feature each week on the Retirement Clinic with Marie McFarland, Chauncey Wisensell from the Cowal Investment Group. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. Back on WISN, the Retirement Clinic. All right, Marie, for the record, Secure Act 2.0, by the way, the acronym, Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. I almost made it. Yeah. Nobody's going to remember that. (laughs) You guys, of course, deal with uh, Secure Act uh, 2.0 is something that we've been hearing a lot about. And this is why you tune into the Retirement Clinic. I do want to give out the phone number. Any questions you have about your retirement, reach out to the Kowal Investment Group. Their website, the Kowal Way, the phone number, 262-522-4040. Chauncey had a great segment on retirement planning and income. Yes, check out our blog for the, with the retirement four keys to retirement income planning. That blog is up on the website yes. right now, thekowalway.com. Of course, tune in Monday through Friday during the Mark Belling Late Afternoon Show. Mark is back full-time, by the way, May 1st. You guys have doing those market updates for years. 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. news block. Guys, have a great weekend. Marie McFarland, thank you. Thank you. You have a great weekend as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I should say not guys. Sorry about that, Yeah, Marie. that's okay. You don't care. I didn't even notice. <laughs> Chauncey, have a good weekend. Yes, you do, Paul. And we'll see you next Saturday. We're back every Saturday, 10 o'clock, each Saturday morning, the Retirement Clinic on WISN.